Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jiri Love. I'm your host. I'm having a wonderful time interviewing wonderful guests. This is my episode 20, and thank you very much for your love and support. I started this show after I published my book, A Gift from Adversity, which is available on Amazon. Subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. And I have experienced all of this when I was growing up in Japan. And I felt very compelled to tell my story through my publishing. But not only that, I felt very compelled after a lot of people reached out to me about their diversity to create a platform where it's safe and we can share about our adversities and tools that people use to overcome the adversity and then finally a gift that came from the adversity. Today, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Mary Jervich, and I'm very excited to have a discussion about this topic. Mary, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, Jury. I'm excited to be here and happy to have this opportunity to share with your audience. Great. So Mary, can you please tell us who you are and then what you do? Yes. So as Jury said, my name is Mary Jervich. Um, I help women go from passed over to promoted. So I run a company called My Promotion Plan, and I consider myself a holistic career strategist. Um, really helping women to develop new strategies in order to obtain higher roles in their career than they've ever thought possible before. Um, So in my history, my work history over the last two decades, I've helped to coach over 500 businesses. I've helped to start two multi-million dollar businesses. I've helped to work with over 30 fortune uh, 500 brands and I just love helping people break through their limiting beliefs to live their best lives. And so, and recently my book, God's Not Done With You, actually launched this past week and we hit Amazon number one bestseller. So I'm excited to share with you today because um, the the journey of adversity that I went through, I also share in my book, much like you, you have, Jury. Great. Well, thank you so much. And how can people find you on social media website yeah so on social it is uh, mary jervich that's the best way to find me on facebook it is at my promotion plan so but you can always just look up mary jervich and you will find me on facebook as well and then my website is maryjervich.com but i know jervich can be a little complicated so you can always go to coachmaryg.com where we have, um, I've got lots of free gifts for you from a masterclass that goes deeper into what we'll talk about today from some downloads so you can understand how not to make some of the common career mistakes that I've made and and many women have made across the country. CoachMaryG.com. Yes. So I just typed that on our chat and if people have any uh, comments and questions, just uh, type on a comment. So Mary, um, where are you based? Yeah, I'm located in San Antonio, Texas. 
Hey, I am in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where it's a New England Patriot home base, and Jets team is five minutes away from where I live. Nice. So you probably have a little bit of cooler weather, or is it starting to warm up? Not warm <laughs> in our 20s still. Yeah. So not happy about it. But <laughs> it's yeah, we have sunshine. That's why we're so smiley and happy down here. We just we have all the sunshine. When That's I first moved to Texas, I'm like, people are so happy here. And then I realized they get sunshine all year long. That is awesome. I just recently went to Hawaii and the people in Hawaii, let me tell you, I was a first time driver there. Nobody honked at me and everyone was very generous and then happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So anyways, so good to see you and then get to uh, getting to know you today. And this show really want to I, I really want to highlight our guests adversity which is kind of difficult to talk about and then not so many social media or platforms are talking about the adversity itself so would you mind to tell our audience your adversity yeah absolutely so years ago i found myself stuck in my career i was wanting to move up but i really wasn't believing in myself um, my husband would tell me all the reasons why I was capable of advancing. And I would tell him all the reasons why I couldn't. Well, this all changed one day when I was at a leadership meeting and I said, I'm going to be the next chief executive or chief operating officer at the company. And I told that to the then chief operating officer. And they said, you should do that. Well, I thought I had like 10 years or so. But what I didn't know is that position would have been out just three months later. So I knew what I needed to do. I needed to walk down the hall and ask my boss for that position. So I did. And when I asked for the position, um, I was told, we're not sure that you're right for the position. And but if you can do it, then we'll give you the pay and the title. And at this time, I had all these thoughts running through my head, you know, all of the, the evenings that I worked, the weekends that I worked, all the times I said yes, when I knew that it meant that I was sacrificing time with my family. Um, and I thought, wow, was this all for nothing? And at, at this point in time, I had been named team member of the year, but previous year, I had the largest and most successful coaching load. So I, I was in the position leading up to that one. I had been a successful manager before, and I couldn't really figure out why they weren't seeing me within this role. I had a vision for the company, but I found it hard to translate this vision. And through this journey, um, I was trying. And one woman even said, I don't want to be led by another woman. Others would just disregard me. And so I was sitting at work one day on my day off, like racking my brain, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? And because I really wanted this position, I wanted this promotion. I didn't want to hire somebody else like I had done in the past to, that I would then train for the position. And so I was at work on my day off and my husband calls me and he says, Mary, my company's going in a different direction. I think I'm going to be out of my job. So here, my husband, the breadwinner, is losing his job. I can't earn a promotion. We just had our fourth child. And I'm just like, what are we going to do? And that's when God spoke to me. And he said, Mary, make a plan. And so that's that's what I went to work doing is, is making these plans 
Um, and I made one and I, I turned it in a few weeks later and I didn't know what my boss was going to tell me. But when I turned it in, he's like, this is so impressive. And the very next day we met and I became vice president of operations. Another plan and another year later, I became chief operating officer. And the plans worked so well for implementing that I thought, well, I'll just do another one. And that's when I was told um, that I was on track to be CEO in one to two years. I was made a partner and I was encouraged to start the business that I have today. And so through this process, I started to realize that I wasn't the only one that was struggling and advancing in my career. I was interviewing other women and I was realizing, wow, there's an epidemic of women that are undervaluing themselves. And what I didn't realize at the time, Jerry, it would take me a couple of years to figure this out. Um, this That's one adversity I faced, but you know, I was having this, this unbelief in myself and I was having this lack of confidence uh, but I also, when I was a, a young girl, when I was six years old, I developed this limiting belief of not believing that I was able to read, write, or spell because I started having trouble with spelling tests. And I, I believed this all the way up until the time I was 34 um, when I heard Dr. Bruce Lipton speak. And he shared about how our subconscious mind works and how our programs are formed. And through hearing him, I mean, the tears were just streaming down my face because when he said this, I just took ownership of that. I'm like, this is why I haven't been able to read, write and spell because I, I gained this belief at six years old that I couldn't. And in that moment, I, I changed that belief. And starting in 2020, I started to write my book. And so I was able to overcome this. But that was an adversity I lived with my whole life, this limiting belief. But what I would then go on to figure out, Jerry, about a month later, I was studying to try to figure out how people learn. At work, I was putting together, we were redoing our, our doctor's learning course, and we worked with functional medicine practitioners all over the country. And giving them the absolute best was so important to me because of the work they do was so important in changing and saving people's lives. And so I studied and studied and studied how people learned. And one thing I ran across was if we have fear as a, well, as a child or at any point in time, it actually interferes with our learning. And when this happened, I realized at the same time, at six years old, when I started having this trouble, I was also molested for the first time. And I just thought like, wow, okay, this is why, this is why I've struggled all of these years, but no longer. Like I'm just, and now I had to start my healing journey. Um, and, and the, so those are the those are the, the adversities that I think that I have faced, right? Being told no in my career, um, having this limiting belief with spelling, reading and writing that would just hold me back. I would hold myself back. I was canceling myself, I would say. And then having to overcome this sexual abuse. Wow. So a lot of times these inner child or like childhood experience that you never know even when you become adult like know how much deeply that it's stored in your brain and then how much of it it's affecting your adulthood life too and it's like why and how and how did you discover that that was the root cause of your maybe disbelief 
of your potential? Yeah. So, so for me, you know, I was at this conference, I'm part of the John Maxwell team and they, they've completely changed my life, but I was at this conference and I heard this woman speak of domestic violence um, from the stage. And I went up to her after and I said, Teresa, you are so brave. You know, you shared your story. And I said, I have a story, but I'll never tell anyone. And she's like, maybe Mary, maybe one day you're going to need to share your story because it could help somebody else. And, you know, that was the turning point for me. I knew what I had to do at that point. I had to book the ticket home and I had to go and talk to my parents because I hadn't even ever told them. Um, I'd only ever shared it with my husband and my best friend. I never told anybody at this point. And so where I didn't even realize that it was holding me back, it was really when I watched that video that I realized I, I, I just I just kind of owned that. I just said, hey, this is what it is. This is where it was. But what I didn't realize is that where I thought I had processed it, right? Because I wasn't angry at the person. I wasn't upset at them. I wasn't necessarily thinking about it all the time. But what I didn't realize is that guilt and shame were so heavy in my life. And I kind of, I lived a secret life and I had like walls up all around me, but I didn't even realize that I did until I started going on this healing journey through, through sharing for the first time, um, you know, I sh because I was trying to work on becoming a better speaker, but I didn't really have any stories because I only wanted to tell perfect stories that made me look perfect. I couldn't share anything vulnerable. It, it, it I just, I had to just have all of the walls and the shields up. I just, at everything, I just wanted everything to be good and right because that's how I felt safe. And that's how I felt in control. And so as I started to process through this, you know, I did many things to process through it because I wasn't mad at the person. And even, you know, they were only a few years older than me. So intellectually, I knew that they were a victim too. So I wasn't mad at them, but that didn't change the fact that I was still wearing that shame and that guilt. And I had taken on a victim mentality in a lot of areas of my life and I wasn't setting good boundaries and I was making really poor choices. So I would find myself depressed. I would find myself striving in work. I would find myself trying to fill a void inside of me that I didn't even know existed. But as I went through this journey and I was healing, I realized, Jury, that I didn't love myself. And that's when I realized, wow, Mary, if you don't love yourself, you can't truly be loving other people. And I wasn't. All of my love was conditional. I had to be thin enough. I had to be smart enough. I had to achieve enough. It was always about having to perform something. And if I wasn't getting it all right, then it wasn't good enough. And so it's like, I would have these really high highs and then I couldn't keep it up. So I'd go into this really low, low, um, which just, you know, led to depression. Um, I had some bad, bad relationships because I wasn't good at picking relationships at that point. And, you know, it just, just it, it really dark, deep places where I just was trying to numb the pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, 
after I published my book, a lot of people came forward to me. A lot of people that I, I didn't even imagine, even some like men came and then like messaged me. And then, you know, I'm also a victim of child sex abuse. And regardless of gender, all I can tell you is that a lot of people feel shame and guilt, which they shouldn't. The perpetrator should be feeling guilt and they should be muted, not us. And also I noticed that the society has denial in sexual abuse, especially child sex abuse. And a lot of cases it's changing because we are advocating and we are trying to create Me Too movement. A lot of people are speaking up. So right after it happens, you should go to police station and report it but a lot of people don't do that because they don't know what happened first and then they don't know what to do and then they don't know the consequence and then after the consequence what would happen to you so those kind of layers of fear about sexual abuse and confining it it's very um lack of information so thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's not easy to speak about it on the social media platform, podcast, YouTube. I appreciate you sharing that and I appreciate you recognizing that's your deep subconscious that was stopping you from the promotion and the potential. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely was something that was holding me back. Um, I heard Kat Hoke speak and I just think she's phenomenal, but she talks about how we kind of cancel ourselves and how like we just won't even put ourselves out there for an opportunity. And I think we do that a lot in life um, because of the way past things have happened. And so other people don't even have to tell us no. We're so we're so protective of ourselves that we'll just tell ourselves no. And that's one thing I see whenever it comes to women advancing in their careers. That's one of the biggest mistakes we make is we wait to be noticed. And, you know, a lot of times we even get that as advice. Our mentors may tell us, hey, wait, wait, just work hard. Just work hard. Get on strategic projects. Get a mentor. You know, you'll be noticed. But the truth is the unconscious bias that exists doesn't allow that to happen. And so I know for me, you know, my self-doubt started to creep in whenever I got a raise that I wasn't proud of. And so that started making me having having even more limiting beliefs, thinking like, well, maybe you're not capable of this. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe you are an imposter. And it wasn't it, 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 I was just adopting these things and creating these beliefs because I didn't really know how to value myself in the workplace. And I think that's another thing. That's it. Well, I know that's another thing that women have a tendency to get wrong is we don't value ourselves. We don't know what our value should be. And we don't speak up when we're not being valued. We just kind of let it go. And for me, it was just bitterness and resentment. And that wasn't a good place to be because all of these emotions just bring us really low. It brings our frequency so low, which just makes it so hard to get through life. And it's like when you're holding on to shame and fear and guilt and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, it's like those are heavy, heavy packages to wear 
to try to like accomplish anything in your life. It, it just feels like, you, you, you know, you're having to push. And that's one of the biggest things is when we can have a different way, which is why in my book, you know, I teach people how to partner with God and how to renew their minds and harmonize their heart because we know that the cells in our body have memory, specifically the cells in our heart have the, our personal identity because they've done studies where there's heart transplants that happen. And when the person receiving that new heart, right, maybe before they didn't like Mexican food or sports, but now they get this new heart and they love Mexican food and sports. There was even one 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 story um, that's out there is this this man got this little girl's heart. Unfortunately, she was murdered, but he got her heart and he started having these reoccurring nightmares. He was actually able to go to the police and make a sketch. And they were able to identify and arrest the person that had murdered this little girl. But I share this because, you know, I think we don't understand that our core beliefs are affecting our lives and are really running the programs. And those, we have actual cellular memory that is just running our lives. And we just think things are happening. We just, we just believe like the world is just happening, but the truth is, is that we're believing it. And so we have to learn how to change these beliefs. And that's what really made a big difference for me was learning how to change my heart beliefs and align them with what God says about me and what he's given me. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, we first talked about the adversity. And then, I'm first of all, I'm very, very sorry that happened to you. And um, that you had to face um, molestation. Child sex abuse is never okay. And I, was, I experienced that in Japan, which in the 80s, nobody talked about it. Nobody knew. Like, I didn't even know the word abuse. I didn't even know the word PTSD. That there was no discussion. And I thought it was a play and it, it was just like getting uncomfortable. And I didn't realize that had a long-term effect for the rest of my life. Well, I hope not, but I'm 45 and I'm like severely affected by that physical sexual abuse part of it and homelessness as well as bullying, domestic violence, everything that basically kind of, shaped me as a young more girl to teens and it had absolute zero mental health coping skill help and that took me like maybe good two decades of just self-doubt and like no not being able to maybe potentially be a wonderful career in the career like I had so much self-doubt like what you said and I'm just interested in like when you are coaching people when you encounter these like hurdles and struggles sometimes do you find that they might have been a big victim of these sex sexual abuse or some sort of adversity yeah, and, I, and I'm so sorry to, to hear of your story and your views. And I'm so grateful for you creating this platform because it's it's very unique. You know, like I said before, I was holding everything inside. But as soon as I shared it from the first from the stage for the first time, I shared this story. I connected with people more deeply than I ever had before. 
And afterwards, people were coming up to me and they were in tears and they were sharing stories and they were talking to me. And it allowed us to have a different kind of connection because I think we, we want we have these secret lives and it is holding us back. It is preventing us from moving forward, but it doesn't have to. So, yes, when I work with people, I share my story because I feel like it's important for them to understand that there's probably things that have happened in their lives that are not their fault, but they may be they may be experiencing, um, you know, kind of the side effects from those things, as you said, the PTSD or the shame or the guilt or the feelings. It may be causing them to react in a certain way. And what I try to help them understand is like we're it's not my fault what happened to me. That's that's not my fault. I, I was a victim at that time. But as an adult, I have to choose a different way. Right. Like that. That was not OK. But I can choose a different way now. And I need to do that because it's the same way if you're in a car accident and a drunk driver smashes you. Right. It's their fault. Right. They have they've absolutely hurt you. Your legs are crushed but you're still the one that has to have the surgeries. You're still the one that has to get up. You have to go through the physical therapy. You're the one that has to try to walk again. And so that's what I try to to teach is like, what happened to you is absolutely wrong. It's inexcusable. You know, I have such empathy for that. And how are we going to help you break the chains of this? Because it's held you back for so long. How are we going to help release you from what's happened in your life already so you can live out your fullest potential because it's a heavy costume to wear when we're a victim. And if we're not careful, we can just add more on because it's like this, it's just this protective like shield we have, you know? So sometimes we're wearing really heavy costumes, but I just want to help people to say, you know, you are fully loved. You are full of value. Your past does not define you. You know, it might your current situation, it may be an obstacle. It might be a it's the reality of where we are today. But your future does not have to be defined by your past. And right now we have to help you figure out how do we renew our mind? How do we change our thought pattern? How do we change our beliefs about ourselves so we can actually have true confidence and not just a fake it till you make it? just to kind of get through because that's exhausting. Right. So Mary, my second question is what kind of tools that worked for you to get um, healed from these traumatic experiences? Um, so the reason why I ask each of my guests um, is because I was told to go see a counselor, like, no, but it didn't work. And then what else is the option? And sometimes we ran out all these toolboxes. And then sometimes, like, we were told to do something, but it just never worked. And you just don't know which one works. So that's why I think it's important for me to ask our guests, the adversity, and also the tools that they used that actually worked to overcome the adversity. So would you share some of the tools that you may have used that helped you? Yeah. And, and, you know, I tried a variety of things too, and um, I'm still doing some things because I think we, you know, what happens is you're kind of healed in layers. 
And so it's kind of like this unpeeling of an onion. So I'm still trying new things, but I stay consistent with the things that I know work. And so for me, that was harmonizing my heart and renewing my mind and understanding who God was and how much he loved me and what his promises were and how I could renew my mind in that. So I've actually, um, and you know, part of that is biblical meditations. So I started doing meditations. They weren't biblical at first. I was just doing meditations and it helped me feel a lot better. I was able to remove stress from my life. I was able to, to calm down more than ever before. I started doing um, affirmations and gratitude. I was doing all of these things, but as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I thought like, okay, well, I, it kind of felt like these two separate things. And what I learned is Paul wanted us to renew our mind and harmonize our hearts. And this is what he teaches us. He teaches us to renew our minds. And so I realized when I was first saved in 2009, God came in. I got an instant heart transplant. Like <laughs> I, I, I like changed in an instant, but I had never renewed my mind through God's word. And so I wasn't experiencing the promises of God. And this is the thing that truly set me free. Um, so I've actually created an entire course around it. It's called the Harmonizing the Heart and Renewing the Mind course. You can get it at CoachMaryG.com. Um, it's a, it's a four week course and there's 20 lessons in there and there's a meditation. And so each day you have a lesson and then you get to do a meditation where you get to commune with God, but it, it just helps you in this process of not just knowing. Cause I used to think God was not loving. I used to thought he was condemning and evil and full of wrath. And if I was making mistakes, he was really mad at me. And I had to realize, no, he is love. He is merciful. He is grace. But when we have this wrong understanding of who God is and when we, um, you know, we don't know everything that we have through through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, we have a hard time living that, that life. And so I actually created um, I, I go over this in my book and then it's also in that course. But I have a journal that I created. And so I have like I set goals each day. Um, I talk about what is my. Bible reading plan. What am I reading that day? Just what has God brought me to? What's my gratitude for that day? What prayers do I have? What prayers have been answered? And the more I record the prayers that are answered, the more I see how much God is really showing up and working. And then we, I talk about, you know, how much hydration do we have? Because I think we also have to focus on our physical bodies because if we're not hydrated, if we're not moving, if we're not grounded, then we're just not going to be functioning real good. And our thinking can get really clouded. Then I talk about meditation and visualization. These are all things that help me. The people I surround myself with. So I actually do an emotional check each day and I'll like write like, okay, who did I talk to? How did I feel when I talked to them? And sometimes I notice like, oh, I was on this call and this just did not make me feel good. And I'll take note of that. So I want to make sure if that's continually happening, that's probably not a space I want to keep going into. I do my affirmations each day and then. I talk about, okay, how do I speak and think? I want to speak life, not only into myself, but I want to speak it into my spouse. I want to speak it into, you know, if maybe it's a spouse, significant other or future relationship for you, if, into my family, into my friends, into my dreams. And the other thing we talk about is passing on judgment. Judgment is something that really used to hold me back. And this is something that really helped me to, to overcome because I used to decide why people were doing things or what people's intentions or motivations were. Yeah. And when I decided just not to worry about that, 
it was, it, you know, if I wanted to, I could get curious. I could say, hey, what made you say that? Or, hey, this this happened. Um, what, what was the reason for that? And I can just get curious and ask questions instead of deciding. And, you know, I've noticed so many things. We have this tendency just to decide that other people don't like us. Other Maybe somebody one time didn't respond to an email. You know, in the past, I would have been like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? What happened? Or, you know, and the truth is, they never got the email because something was wrong in the email line. And you never know what these things are, but it's the same way. You know, someone cuts you off in traffic. You get to decide, We, you know, we decide, oh, what a jerk, right? They're not a good driver. We can decide these things or we can be like, they must have somewhere really important to go. I hope they make it there safely. Mm. And so really just thinking better because we know that, you know, our beliefs create our thoughts, actions, words which then just bring it full circle into what we can accomplish in life. So that's what I've done to kind of overcome the adversity and work through it. Now, I've also worked with counselors, um, you know, and just talk through some things. Um, I've done some EMDR for the trauma, which I think has been phenomenal. Um, I love that. I've done some work called the emotion code. Um, It's by Dr. Bradley Nelson. It's where they clear emotions in your body. He's a believer as well. And basically what he teaches is that anytime we have like an emotional encounter, um, a ball of energy, right? Because our bodies are made up of energy. A ball of energy can get stored about the size of an orange or a grapefruit can get stored in our body. And this energy is it's at a dissonance frequency. So not in the same frequency in which God has originally created you. And so much like you. um, So they have this system of figuring out what these energies are and then clearing them much like you would just like, you know, if you ran a magnet over a credit card, it would like erase it. He uses a magnet. You just run it over the meridian and it erases it. And it's just, it's, I, I, it's so hard to explain because it's energetically, but it, um, it's amazing because I love these processes that don't have to take, you know, necessarily medications or, surgeries to help us overcome something. And so I love doing like emotional freedom technique or tapping on different things. And so I've used all of these different things. And what she's so unique is through doing all of this, not only have I like healed from this, this trauma, but I now have this new confidence and faith that's so strong And it just allows me to be able to take on anything in the future because it's like the chains have been removed to where I'll put myself in situations I haven't in the past because I'm no longer feeling like all these walls are up. So those were the main tools that helped me with the adversity um, as far as kind of stepping up. But with my career, what I did is I created what that promotion planning process. So I have this seven step tool. I teach women how to use. If you're a woman and you're feeling like, hey, I'm stuck in my career. Maybe you've had trauma in your life. Maybe you haven't. But I have this seven step process that I use um, that, you know, I've used to teach other women across the country to use. And through this process, you can actually approach your boss for compensation. And so I have a master class on that um, because it's it's we face a lot of challenges as, as women that are they're just kind of like these invisible challenges because there's a lot of unconscious bias that women face in the workplace. And unlike a lot of things, you know, when you bring awareness to bias, 
it usually gets worse. It doesn't get better. And so through this promotion planning process I created, um, you can actually overcome the bias without having to address it head on. And if you're a woman and you're thinking, well, I probably I'm not facing bias. My boss isn't biased. It's like, well, they're not probably consciously biased. Most people aren't out there like, oh, I'm going to oppress women. That, that's that's not it. It's a subconscious program. And what studies have shown, Jury, is, is that, you know, men and women both have bias. There was a math, a study done on math tests where boys and girls were both taking math tests. And when the names were on the test, the boys scored better. When the names were removed from the test, the girls scored better. And the interesting thing about this is all of the teachers were women. So it's not that just men have bias or women have bias. It's just that we have bias. And there's things like maternal bias, performance bias, attribution, affinity. There's all these biases that are kind of like these secret things that that hold women back. And then I think we we come up with this self-doubt because it's like we're working really hard and we want to be noticed in our careers, but we're not noticed with promotions and raises that really equate to our value. And we see others around us advancing and it's frustrating. Yeah, totally agree with you. Well, thank you very much for sharing um, this tangible tools and stories and Last part of our show is to share a gift that came from the adversity and a lot of guests that came to my show and a lot of people who are out there listening and tuning in and thinking about their adversities. So Mary, what is the gift that they, that came out from your adversity? Yeah. So my gift from adversity is the ability to add significance to other people So because I had the adversity with my boss where he said, hey, we're not sure you're right for this position, um, I actually had to put this promotion plan together. And that's the same promotion plan I teach in my book and in my course to help other women advance. And it's incredible because, you know, just the other day I received a text message from one of my clients and she said, I'm just so grateful for you. Everything that I put in my plan is coming to fruition. I'm able to earn more Um, I'm able to do the things that I want to do. Thank you so much for not only helping me to gain the confidence, but to be able to advance in my career the way I wanted. And so that's really the gift is to not only have success now, but to be able to be significant to help others. I was recently coaching a woman and, you know, we were coaching her through what she should ask for her salary, where she was originally going to ask for five grand more. We were able to get her 20 grand more plus a 15% bonus. And so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole family changed. And when I can empower another woman, I feel like that's the greatest gift I've been given is that I'm able to overcome these beliefs to be able to go from not writing to being a number one best-selling author, to being able to go from being told no for a promotion to being made a partner in having a business. And so just being able to add significance to other people's lives is just the biggest gift because I I never knew that my adversity was going to be able to help other people achieve more in their lives. And I know when it does, they're going to be able to add more value to others too. 
Thank you very much. I had a guest doctor two more a couple nights ago, and then she was saying that these adversities, some people use substance to um, numb or heal, and then that's more internal, but then external, helping people using this adversity and then helping, not only just helping, but seeing them transform, that is really powerful healing, outward healing that we can do as a victim of child sex abuse or other adversities. So would you agree with that? Do you think helping other people and then seeing their transformation has somehow healed you or helped your one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, when we're going through that pain and even when we're in the aftermath of it and we're kind of like reflecting on it, it can feel like, well, why did I have to go through this? What was this for? But when we're able to take that and say, hey, I've been where you are, like you don't have to stay there. Like, come with me. I can show you. You can get out of this easy. Like, like I was sitting there like with my career, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm just like months into this. I'm like racking my brain. I had been working for years and, you know, I had never realized. And once I started this promotion planning process, I mean, I was getting, I was, my raises were incredible. I, I earned 600% more. It was, in, it was crazy. Right. But it's like other people are sitting in that. And so having the ability to say, Hey, if you're feeling like you're not where you want to be, I can help you. Let's let's help you get there faster. Like you don't even you don't have to go through all the struggles I did because I don't think you need all the struggles to be able to to get to the other side. And that's what I think so powerful about having a coach or a therapist or somebody else. Like I think we need other people in our lives. And a lot of times we're kind of, you know, society just kind of makes you believe that you should just have it all figured out. Like you should know how to advance in your career and you should know how to take care of your mental health and you should know how to take care of your fitness and you should know how to take care of your kids and you should just know how to take care of your home. You should just know how to do everything. And it's like, well, well says who and why, why not learn from others that have been through something and can help us on the other side. And so I, I just think that's the most joyful thing to be able to add value to other people and let them know like you're not alone. And if you're feeling this way, I get it. I understand where you're at. Come on, let me take your hand. Let's go together. Let's walk this journey together. Well, that's really um, encouraging and then um, supportive of you that, you know, not only yourself, but you've done it and you are now able to help the blockage of the potential of especially women. And then through your coaching business, coachmanagey.com, that um, people can uh, reach out to you, right? Yes. Yep. Well, thank you, Mary, for coming to A Gift from Adversity. And I truly appreciate you being brave and then sharing your story today. Thank you, Jerry. I absolutely, um, I, I just treasure this kind of opportunity because it, it just helps me to honor the woman that stood on stage and said, you know, her her story. And, and when she said, Mary, maybe one day your story could help somebody. I just, if it helps just one person completely worth it so i appreciate the opportunity to share yes and the month of march is a horror story month yes yes so great well keep going what you're doing and then keep empowering 
a lot of people. Thank you, Jury. You too. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. And we have wonderful guests lined up for the month of March and then also April coming up. So we will see you next time. Good night, everyone.